0: up it's your boy Cole chef this podcast is brought to you by my boy joey t and tyrese maxi but right now you know we just maxing on the courts hailing from the streets of south philly sometimes it gets a little hectic out there
1: but right now we go up you on how we just chill
2: what is going on everyone welcome into another episode of trust the podcast i am your host Joe Tooman, as always, we're finally back. The NBA season is only a few weeks away from beginning. I am very excited to be getting going with this podcast. Once again, for the first time for an entire season, You know, I started it after the trade deadline last year when the Sixers got hardened, and I'm very excited to get back to it this season. And today, for the first episode going into the 2023 NBA season, we have two Daily Collegian legends joining the podcast. We have sports editor and washington wizards fan andrew buckman thank you for joining me andrew
1: thank you for having me
2: great that you decide to come on despite some uh events that happened last night that we're not going to uh, talk about uh, anymore that's all i'm going to say but i'm glad you were able to make the podcast today and we also have the former opinions editor of the daily collegian and fellow sixers fan the third joe that's been on the pod in the last two months mr joe Eckstein. joe thank you for joining me as well
0: Thank you for having me. Now, when you bring up what happened last night, um, what are you No, no, we to?
2: said we weren't going to talk about it. That's all I wanted to say. We can't talk about it.
0: Buck, Buck Buckman isn't true to being an entire Washington fan through and through. So, yeah, we'll um...
2: – That's okay. I'm not an Eagles fan, so I'm not going to hold that against Andrew.
0: Yeah, no, I won't either. I won't either. You're good. You're good. Don't yeah. worry. We all have our own football issues. Well, Joe, not so much, but – yeah. I'm a Steelers fan, so I, I think I don't have oh, any you're room. An
2: Eagles fan. Oh, okay. No,
0: I don't have any room to talk at all about football currently.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we're here to talk NBA today. We're here to preview the Eastern Conference. That's what we're doing. We're going to try and touch on as many aspects of this potential playoff race as we can because the East is it was already really deep last year, but this year it could be a bloodbath. You know, I was looking at these teams, it was very hard for me to, you know, sort them out who I think's the best. I think the I, I can't see there being like a sixty-win team in the East this year. I think everyone's gonna be very close together. The
0: problem is this: there are so many teams last year that were within the range of four, five, six that are probably gonna be closer to the play tournament than ever, and teams that were fringe playoff teams that are gonna be looking closer to the Victor Wynn, Benyama <laughs> sweepstakes, which is sad to see. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent in the yep. East. We haven't been able to say that in how many years now, and you can make the case for I'd say maybe. I'd even, I'd argue maybe 12 to 13 teams as possible play in contenders at the very least.
2: I, I would agree with that. What do you think, Andrew?
1: Yeah, I agree with that too. I mean, I don't think any team in the East is like significantly bad. When the NBA is like ultra competitive and there are teams that are at least fun in, in one way or another, that's, that's when the NBA is at its best.
2: Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I, I think the West is even might have the worst teams in the league, but even those teams, but even them, you know, put them in the league 10 years ago. I don't think they'd be the worst team in the league. So with that being said, this is going to be a very competitive East. And that starts at the top. I'm interested to hear who you guys think might be maybe your one seed in the East. Who do you think could be the team that rises above the rest? Who do you think you would who who' you bet your money on to be the number one seed?
1: yeah, before we get into the sixers propaganda yeah. I feel like I should probably probably kick things off here uh I think the bucks I think it'll be the bucks i mean mm-hmm. it's it's obviously a boring answer, and honestly i I kind of want the sixers to do it just so you know the the crash will be even even harder, come but
2: on. <laughs> come on, that was but, not nice,
1: but but I will say, I I mean Giannis. It's it's hard not to root for Giannis, and it's hard not to think Giannis is gonna to lead the team. And I mean, the Bucks are always gonna be a good regular season team, especially if they're healthy. There's they're just so well structured, and I don't know if I would say they're well coached, but they're well enough coached that yeah. Mike Budenholzer can't really mess anything up. My, my pick would be the the Bucks.
2: Yeah, I think the Bucks are probably my one-seed team prediction as well because I think with Joel, we've seen him be hurt in the playoffs so often over the past few years. I really think we're going to try and let Maxi and Harden take some loads. I think we're going to see a Joel kind of mirror that Kawhi Leonard plan of maybe he only plays, you know, he already does miss some games, but I think we could look at like a 64-game season from Joel and it won't be because of injuries or because of like, you know, rest days, stuff like that. I want him healthy for the playoffs because that's what we need for this Sixers team to finally break through. So I think the Bucs will have a better record than the Sixers this year. I agree with that. What do you think, Joe? Do you think the Sixers, do you agree with my take or do you think they're going to go for that one seed?
0: I think that they have the depth and talent to make a run at the one seed. When you add in guys like, I know you, you have brought up two before, you're not the biggest Montrezl Harrell fan, but not even just him, when you bring in role players that are going to bring in that grit, that dog, as people are saying, like the Anthony Melton, PJ Tucker, Daniel House, um, Harden seems to have rehabbed and gotten back healthier. They're definitely going to make a push for the one seed with or without Joel, because you expect a lot of guys to step up, especially a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who in the preseason looked phenomenal, but I'm with both of you as well. It's not a sexy pick, but Milwaukee is just such a safe pick for the one seed just because of that big three of Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton. When you have the best player and the most dominant in the league, coupled with, in my opinion, the best perimeter defender and a pretty underrated wing scorer in Middleton, and his talent is invaluable, especially around a guy like Giannis. You have Lopez still, you have Bobby Portis back. You brought up Budenholzer. He gets the job done. He's more more akin to Doc Rivers than a Greg Popovich, but they're still just such a well-rounded team. And typically when you have the best player in the league, you you pretty much want to bet on them. So Milwaukee's not a fun pick, but they're probably going to be the one seed most likely.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely the fair fair prediction to put forth. I mean, Giannis, I agree with you. He's the best player in the league as much as I love Joel. I don't think Giannis is rivaled right now. He can do it all really. You know, besides people talk about the outside shooting, I don't really care. The man's dominant force and he's going to be for a long time. And, you know, they're getting Middleton back after he missed the playoffs last year. They're also getting Brooke, Brooke missed most of last season with the, I think it was a back injury. He's going to be back. So I like the dynamic of him and Bobby Portis as bigs on this team, because they can both do different things. And I'm excited to see how that plays out. I also even like the Joe Ingles signing. I think he's going to, his creation, his shot creation is going to be really important for this bench. So overall, I think the Bucs are going to have a really good season. and I think they're, they're very deep and they're also very, very talented. So I think they're definitely uh, probably the favorites for the one seed. For the Sixers here, Buckman, as an unbiased, like, not a Sixers fan, wh- what's your take on how we're looking this year? I'll let you give your two cents.
1: Uh, I I think the Sixers are are talented, and I think that one thing that they were missing were those dogs. Other than maybe Joel, I, I don't know if I would classify anyone on past Sixers teams that I, I would say is that guy's just a dog, and he's just there to to cause trouble really, and really just
2: Mike Scott, only Mike Scott.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I don't know if Mike Scott had a, you know, an up and down role. I think you guys have brought in like guys who will consistently play. Whereas, I mean, I love Mike Scott. Mike Scott was a demon on the wizards too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that's a huge aspect. I mean, if James doesn't play like, part of at least part of what he was in Houston, then I don't think it's, you're going to get over the hump. Obviously you're a championship contender. No one's like, I I feel like I'd be an idiot to to disagree with that, but I don't know. Philly's going to Philly. And then, and then James Harden's going to James Harden.
2: Listen, the the, the, the track record of our playoff, our playoffs uh, runs is very self self self-evident, but I'm very optimistic for Harden. I think that, You know, if he is in shape, he looks a lot like he is in a lot better shape. I as long as he, you know, starts to make those three-pointers more efficiently, more consistently than he was at the end of last year, as long as he takes more than, you know, eight shots in the playoffs, because that heat game, that heat series was ridiculous, especially those last few games where he was just not he was doing a Ben Simmons impression almost, just not shooting. And I think if Harden is just in the zone, I think him and Embiid, as long as they get back to that pick-and-roll duo that looked so dominant early on, I think that's going to make us one of the best teams in the league. Maxi, if he keeps taking steps forward, and as both of you have already mentioned, it's bringing in those tough guys like Tucker and Melton. I love the Melton trade. I think he's going to play a lot for this team. And even recent reports are saying, you know, Joe, you mentioned my distaste in Harrell. I don't think it's that I don't like him. I just don't trust Doc to... Uh, you know, recognize when to use Paul Reed versus when to use Montrez Harrell. But recent reports have come out that Paul Reed is running as the backup center over Harrell right now, which is interesting. I don't know if that's going to hold up. But if Doc can find a way to use both of them, depending on the game, if he if he opens up his eyes to the modern NBA and realizes how to coach, then we could be in good shape at that position as well. I'm hoping Furkan and Thibault have a bounce back season. I like what I'm seeing from Thibault and that he seems to have worked on his shot, so I think he'll at least be a little better as a three-point shooter. I don't want to count on him to be 40%, but I think he'll be better. So overall, this this team's a lot deeper and Joe, I'm I'm excited to see how this works out for us.
0: It definitely was interesting watching Thibault be more aggressive from the three-point line and even dribble the ball. You know, Sixers <laughs> fans know that Thibault maybe dribbles the ball once or twice a game and dishes it off immediately so seeing him even just cross half court and take five dribbles it was weird to see that um you brought up furcon who i am pleasantly surprised played very aggressive in preseason yeah. pretty crafty with his finishing um even from the he was making open looks which was something that was a far cry from what he was doing the last season but you brought up doc and i think I don't think that this year's team will be a player issue at all. I don't think it's going to be some guys going to, you know, crap the bed in the playoffs. It's really going to come down to coaching and that's really the issue. So my, my theory is this, this is docs last year. If they don't win, I think you have to move forward, either promote Cassell go for a younger hire because this is the best roster in the Embiid era. It fits perfectly around him. You have shot creators like Harden and Maxey, throw Tobias in there, even though I see him being more of a stretch four now um, with Harden and Maxi taking more shots, Tucker, Melton. You have all these players that really fit around Joel. Well. If Doc can't make it happen, then I think he's gone. He already has a track record. We all know that. Um, we saw what happened in the Hawks series and we can blame Ben Simmons as much as we want, but a lot of it has to go towards him. So the team talent wise is great. You know, I think this is like, I've said the best team of the Embiid era, but if you can't make the right rotations, if you don't call the right plays, if you stick with guys too long, then what's the point? It's all for nothing.
2: Yeah. I'm in total agreement. I, I don't need to go. I anyone who's listened to me before knows I'm not a doc rivers guy. I don't think a lot of Sixers fans are right now. It's just, he has that track record. Like you said, it's a decade long track record. And yeah, if we can not at least make the fun, make the finals, uh, maybe if we have this super competitive Eastern final series with the Bucks that goes to seven and we come, maybe Doc keeps his job. But if, if we embarrass ourselves again, don't matter what round it is, I think he's gone and I would be very happy if he was gone because I'm not a Doc fan. Andrew, just to wrap up the Sixers talk before we move forward, is there any, like, do you agree that you were talking about Harden? Who do you think has a better chance of you know, maybe letting the Sixers down this year, Doc or Harden?
1: I think you expect Doc to let you down more than you do Harden. Doc has, I mean, other than his one championship 15 years ago, <laughs> yeah. Doc has let people down over and over and over again. Whereas James Harden, him letting people down feels like more of a recent development to me. Usually with James Harden, it's been teammates letting him down. Um, so I think that, that ultimately I I would expect James to be like more likely to let me down just because of the fact that Doc is, I mean, you would kind of expect Doc to do it.
2: Yeah, I'm in agreement. I as I already mentioned, I think Harden's gonna have a really good year. I'm confident that he's gonna, you know, play that play that second star role opposite Embiid perfectly. I really like you know the chemistry he's already starting to show at Maxi. So Doc Doc just concerns me. I hope it doesn't matter. You know, we've seen great teams win despite coaching in the past. So I hope that happens for us. Uh, even if it keeps Doc here for another five years, I would take the championship, obviously. But yeah, I'm hoping it works out because if not, he's going to go down as one of the worst coaches in in Philadelphia history. I, I think just because in terms of, in terms of teams that were expected to win. I'm sure there's guys who went, you know, uh, had terrible stints and were fired after a season, but I'm just talking about relevant coaches. He's going to be very poorly remembered if, if this fails again. So I'm hoping the Sixers do well, but I'm glad we all agree that the Sixers and the Bucks are the top two teams in the conference. So we can move forward here. Now get into that middle class of the contenders, you know, not necessarily the play in, but those the teams that are going to be vying for that home court advantage, uh, who who sticks out to you guys in the next group here?
1: The Celtics, I guess. I mean, it's the obvious answer, but I mean, I don't think, I think most people think that Heat are going to take a sort of somewhat of a nosedive and Rob Williams is dealing with those injuries. I don't know what his status is, but they're, I feel like they're pretty similar. And in, in terms of their, obviously their core is the same with Brown and and Tatum, but I think they're, I think they're a championship level contending team. Um, even without May, I think they'll be all right.
2: Yeah. Joe, what do you think about the Celtics this year? Because for me, I think they're definitely a playoff team. You can't, you can't question the core. You can't question the, what they've done in the past, but you know, I would have had them as the one seed after the moves they made, but with Time Lord being hurt with May's situation and also even Gallinari being out for the season, I thought he was going to be a big bench add. They've already dealt with a lot of turmoil and it's got me concerned. What, what, what are you thinking with the Celtics this year?
0: Yeah, I have them at four right now, um, which is, keep in mind, in, in this loaded East, that's still really good. Yes. You're primed for a pretty decent playoff spot. But, yeah, you brought it up, Ime, Gallinari. I'm a little worried about Robert Williams being out. I think he took a really big jump this past season, and he's a really big focal point on that defense, even though they still have guys like Horford, Smart, Tatum, and Brown. Both are very impressive perimeter defenders as well. They have the depth, and you know, had the whole Eme situation not unfolded how it did, they probably still are the one seed. Yeah. And I know coaching isn't as important in basketball as something like football, for example. But I do think Eme developed a pretty strong culture with his players there. I don't know how they'll respond to the the newest coach they brought in, but. Look, Ime led them through a pretty dark time. Everyone wrote the Celtics off and they finished as the runner up to one of the best teams of this generation. To say that there's not going to be some impact with him being gone, you know, they're going to they're going to drop a little bit. But that's not to say that they're a bad team when you have probably, I would argue, maybe the best young duo in the league right now in, in a lot of ways with Tatum and Brown with a lot of great role players. You brought in Malcolm Brogdon, who if he's healthy, great. That's a big if with him. He's been out a lot of time, but when he's healthy, he's a key contributor. You still have guys like Horford and Grant Williams who can stretch the floor as big men. So look, the Celtics, they're still going to be good. They're still going to give teams fits. Tatum is probably going to be an MVP conversation again, in spite of everything going on. So them being at four isn't a knock on them. It's just the fact that there are three teams that are slightly better than them that didn't deal with as much turmoil as of late.
2: Yeah. I think that's definitely fair to say. I, you mentioned Brogdon. I was a big fan of that move. He has had his health concerns, but, and that's another guy that's got to worry about injury wise, but when he's healthy, I mean, that's a guy who plays defense, good creator can make the threes. He really does it all. Great free throw shooter. Pairing him with white off the bench is a great backup backcourt to smart and Brown. I I love that fit. Uh, I think they're going to play really well together if they're on the court and yeah, they got a good bench. I mean, they have some weird guys. Like they signed Blake Griffin, not really sure how he fits in, but he might play with, especially if time Lord is injured. So we'll have to see how that plays out. You know, their new coach, Joe Mazzula they he's you know their old assist their top assistant will hardy is now the jazz coach so this is kind of an unknown guy to you know guys like us who aren't like you know covering the league day in day out but you know it'll be interesting to see how he he he, he it puts his vision of this team into place because of all these uh different issues it'll be interesting to see how the celtics respond i agree They're even if you're a four seed in the east that's still really good as we've mentioned i'm just kind of struggling if they're 4 or 5 for me i've got them battling in Battling around with the heat there, uh, Andrew. What do you think of the Heat this year? Do you think they can be as good as Boston? I, I know you said you're expecting a step back from them.
1: I don't know. They just they just don't feel like th- they haven't done anything, right? Like what what have they done? Unless you consider you know Udonis Haslam coming back, <laughs> <from year> twenty <laughs> a big move. Then I don't know. They lost PJ Tucker. I mean, they paid tyler fat oh, contract. Man. what's crazy to me is i think tyler should have gotten that contract in the first place because i don't i think paying shooter like duncan robinson that type of money is crazy just based on my personal experience with davis bertans <laughs> <But> like <laughs> um just like J- jimmy got his dreads that's the biggest move they made this offseason <laughs> yeah what?
2: You're not even wrong. Like, I have the roster. The only new player is Jovic, who they drafted 27th, and he's not going to play that much. They don't have new players. And that's not necessarily a, di- a bad thing. Like, it's not always a bad thing to not change your team. But when other teams are tangibly getting better, and you just sit there when, you know, you kind of... They they had a good season last year, but let's be honest. Like, they wouldn't have beat us if Embiid didn't m- miss the first two games. The one thing that could happen is Oladipo getting healthier but you can't you can't rely on that. It's been four years since he was an all star guy. Maybe he can take that starting shooting guard job instead of Max Struce and kind of run with it. That would make them a little bit better. But on the flip side, right now their projected uh, starting forward opposite Jimmy is Caleb Martin, and I don't like that whatsoever. Joe, what do you think about the Heat's lineup right now?
0: I'm not big on it, but then again, I haven't been big on them in the past, and. We've seen what Jimmy and Spolster have done. The, you can say what you will about the bubble. They went to the finals. Yeah. They just went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, they're a very successful team. Lowry worries me more than Duncan Robinson's contract and Tyler Heroes because you have about, what, $30 million, I think, wrapped up in him. Yeah. And not only one is he barely playing, but when he's out there, he's a, he's a negative asset, in my opinion. His game hasn't translated well as of late.
2: They're trying to say he's getting in better shape this year. The heater, you know, they have that body fat thing that they make everybody meet. They're trying to get him to get into that. I mean, Kyle Lowry's made proven that he can succeed like in his physical condition. It's not been a problem, but when he's aging and becoming more injury prone, then it becomes starts to stick out. So if he's in better shape, maybe he stays healthier this year, but he's also just getting older. So I don't know if he'll hold up. Bam. Bam's a great defensive player. He's going to hold it down for them, uh, defend in multiple positions, but I just don't think they have a lot of size besides Bam. You know, Yurt Seven, Deadman off the bench, I don't believe in them that much to do much. And like I said, Caleb Martin, uh, I'm not a big fan of him either as a starter at all. You know, they do have the Sixer killer Gabe Vincent off the bench. I like their guards. They have a lot of guards, but uh, size-wise, they have almost no one.
0: They have the opposite of Doc. They have a guy in Spolstra who, you know, you can – a lot of people want to like credit don't like kind of discredit him in 2012, 2013, you know, for his success, having one of the best trios of all time, but look at what he's done as, as of late, you know, you think that finals team in the bubble, was it really that good of a roster? It really wasn't. And, you know, that continuously I have not been high on Miami year in and year out. And yet they keep on succeeding above my Sixers who on paper always look better. So maybe it's the heat culture, that old oh slogan <laughs> or whatever it is. I don't know. But they have something there. But the PJ Tucker loss, you're gonna feel that, especially losing it to a conference rival that you have a good chance of seeing in the playoffs. That's really gonna hit, hit you after a while. And I know Jimmy joked a little bit about, you know, him being a trader and whatnot. He's probably it's probably not a joke. He really is probably gonna feel that because yeah. PJ Tucker, if you look at his track record, look at the teams he's been a part of, he impacts championship basketball. Yes. He really does.
2: Even in a six the Sixers Heat series, he was he's getting people's head. He was doing stuff. So I'm excited to have him on the Sixers this year, the corner three specialist carrying on what Danny Green was doing for us, but also playing better defense. I think the Heat are gonna miss that a lot. So, Andrew, just to wrap up on the heat. Do you like what what do you think could maybe you know make them stay in contention is there what what's the piece that you think has to go right for them or do you think there's just no path
1: Tyler Hero has to average like 23 a game or something something mm-hmm. like that and i think i mean another thing is like duncan robinson can't be whatever the hell that was last. yeah year.
2: yeah okay yeah. he
1: was he was significantly bad like he was just not good at basketball and i you can't obviously you can't blame spolstra for sitting him even though they paid him that ridiculous contract he 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 wasn't playable i don't know i don't i feel like max Struess just can't be a starter um i'm not a big fan of his at all i think that hero and um and Duncan Robinson, one of those two has to be starting if they want to if they want to be in actual contention.
2: If they're going to start someone over Hero, it should be old depot because he can bring the defensive uh, toughness. But to me, Tyler Hero coming off the bench last year was kind of just you know a party trick almost. Like he was playing with the starters most of the game. He played thirty two minutes a game uh, more or less, and he really just has the skill set of Struce defensively, but he's a much better offensive player. I can't say I understood the decision to make him come off the bench. It felt kind of forced. It's great that he won six Man of the year. He won it by a landslide because he was playing so much. It, he, he's a starter to me in this team, and he, I don't know why they won't just let him start. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I agree that they they should move Struess out of the starting lineup. Moving on from Miami here, what, I'm interested to see, hear what you guys have to say about this because one team I'm really high on right now is Cleveland. I think they could definitely be better than both of the teams we just discussed in Boston and Miami. I really like the Mitchell trade. They really didn't lose anyone because Sexton didn't play last year. And Markin I'm not, you know, he doesn't do much for me either. So, this starting five of Garland, Mitchell, Akoro, Mobley, and Allen, coupled with what I think is maybe one of the best bench units in the league, I think Cleveland could maybe even be in the three seed this year. I think their defense is going to be really deadly. What are you guys thinking about Cleveland? I'm really high on them.
0: I like Cleveland. I do. Um, I've always had my reservations about Donovan Mitchell at times because of the shot selection, and the inefficiency at times, but he's never really played with a, a great playmaker. Like he, yeah. he played, he's played with Mike Conley at the tail end of his career. And now he's getting, in my opinion, poss- I think the best blossoming young guard in a lot of ways in Darius Garland, a guy who should be getting more attention than someone like LaMelo ball.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Because of just, you know, the scoring went up. Passing, you know, the assist numbers went up as well. It helps that he has some lob threats in Allen and Mobley, but he just sees the floor so well. So I think you're going to see a downtick in Donovan Mitchell's numbers because he's playing alongside Garland, Allen. I want Mobley to get his touches as well. I'm incredibly high on him. Me too. And like you like you mentioned, you know, that bench unit, those are some starters on a lot of teams. I think um, Lavert starts for a lot of teams. Kevin Love can be thrown into a lot of teams as a starter. This is a really deep team more than I think people give them credit for. And I think my only worry is that Mitchell is going to take away from Garland's progression because this is Darius Garland's team. He has the reins and I think their success lies on him.
2: I I completely agree on Mitchell. I think Mitchell is going to go the other way. I think with the defensive culture that Cleveland's starting to build, I think he's going to revert back. I'm hoping he's going to revert back to early Utah Mitchell where he was doing the scoring, but he's also uh, given effort on defense because if he's playing the defense he used to play, like I'm saying, this could be a a very, very good two-way team. Uh, You mentioned, you know, playmaking Garland. He took a huge step forward last year. I, I, I'm very high on both him and Mobley. You know, we were talking in at the collegiate office the other day. I said like Mobley could be like a modern era, Kevin Garnett. you agree with me, Joe Uh, Andrew, What's your take on the Cavs? How, how do you think they stack up?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. I've always been a b- very big Donovan Mitchell fan. Uh, I understand the inefficiency, but I'm also one of those people who doesn't care about inefficiency as dumb as that may sound. I, I, I really just don't care. Th- I've always liked Darius Garland. I, I definitely think they have like a lot of solid depth and I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, which I'm excited for because I don't know. I, I Watching Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell play on the same team is like, I don't know, It's it really excites me just in general.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely fair to say. And even someone like Levert, who Joe talked about, I wasn't big on him because I thought like Cleveland traded for him at the deadline. I thought they were going to try and make him the starter. But now that he's in the six man role, I like him a lot more as a just a coming off as a heat check guy. And then Love and Rubio, they they they've got this very much. Their their minds are very much aligned because of all their days in Minnesota. Like Rubio always knows where Kevin Love's going to be, and I think those two, as we saw early last season before Rubio went down with the injury, like they're going to be deadly off the bench as well. And Rubio also has that chemistry with Mitchell from Utah. So if he ever has to step in for Garland, uh, that can work out as well. You know, Lamar Stevens from Penn State's in there. He's been solid so far in his career. I like the Robin Lopez signing as a little former wizard, Andrew. He's got that uh, those post moves. So I don't know. I just think they're very deep. Seti Osman, all these guys. I think Cleveland, I, I'm picking them as my third seed. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. It might be bold, but I just think they're they're a lot of them are young. They're going to stay healthy, and I think they're going to play very well. So moving out of this top group, now we're closer to the play-in game, although there is one team I guess we should talk about before we get to that. That's the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, It's clear that me and Joe aren't going to be big fans of this team because of Mr. Simmons' presence. I also don't like Kyrie either, so I'm very anti-Nets, but I will give them credit. I think they have a lot of depth. I don't think they can play defense, though, besides, I guess, Simmons and Royce O'Neal, but that's if Simmons is even, you know, in the right headspace to contribute. Andrew, starting with you, because you might be the least biased of the three of us. What's your take on the Nets this year? Do you think they should be higher in like our projected standings here?
1: I think everyone is just kind of confused about who they are and what they're going to do. And I, I don't think I'm any different. Um, I think Kevin Durant is still the best scorer in the NBA when he's healthy. And I think that he's still unguardable and he's still... I th- I still think he's a very solid defender when he's, you know, when he's in the mood to play defense. So um, I don't know. It's they're they're definitely a team that you just don't know what you're gonna get. And that's just personality based. They they're just very confusing team, and I don't see that changing because they're just a ragtag group of weirdo personalities and <laughs> It's just the coaching is like that, too. And I don't know if the front office has any idea what they're doing either. So, I mean, we thought Kyrie was going to be traded for most of the offseason. And then he's now he's playing preseason games with Simmons and Durant on the court, too. So,
2: Durant, the trade request ne- never went anywhere. So, like, does he want to be with the Nets? Joe, what do you think happened with that situation like, why is he just, you know, happy to be back? I guess Kevin Durant's not the type to hold out. Like, he loves basketball, but at the same time, I'm surprised, like, that he's just all aboard all of a sudden.
0: Well, I think Rudy Gobert ruined the possibility of trading him.
2: That's true. <laughs> I think
0: when you, when you shell out, I think, what, five players, including a first-round pick and Walker Kessler, plus yeah. three or f- – I don't know how many picks was also added onto There's that. four. Track. Four picks. Four, and then pick swaps as well, it's going to ruin the market. So when you're not getting offers for anything, you're not just going to trade someone just because they want out. And I think you said that, you know, we're not high. We're going to be biased towards them. I actually think Brooklyn is going to be the third best team okay. in the East. Yeah. I think that this is, of course, I made these predictions without thinking Kyrie's going to sit out or whatnot.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: So because of that, I think you still have probably one of the best one, two punches with Katie and Kyrie. they are guys that can create from anywhere. Um, You know, they find their spots. Katie's developed into a a pretty solid playmaker too, as well. And as much as, you know, the Ben Simmons saga was a detriment for so many Sixers fans um, this past season, I had to look at it unbiased and just remember the fact that when he was healthy, He was the best perimeter defender in the league. He Mm -hmm. might be one of the most versatile as well. Maybe not as much as a guy like Bam or Giannis, but that doesn't mean he can switch over. He can't switch over and guard a big if need be, even though Bam definitely, (laughs) Bam Bam put his shoulder into his chest and he was flying last night. But Mm -hmm. Ben doesn't need to score. This is probably the first roster where he doesn't need to worry about putting up, you know, 17 points per game. He's going to grab rebounds. He's going to dish the rock. He's going to defend, and even with the Nets' first two preseason games where they did not look good, I still have confidence in this roster. You're bringing back Joe Harris. You brought back Nick Claxton. I loved the TJ Warren signing for practically nothing. It felt like I think they got him for the mid-level exception or something like that. I thought that was a great signing. I like bringing Roy O'Neill, even though you gave up a first-round pick for a, a a rotation guy who you probably could have gotten for a lot less. I still like this team. You have a young guy in Cam Thomas, and when everything clicks for this team, that's a big if. But if it happens, I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't go all the way. I'm very high on Brooklyn, not considering other factors.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I, I you're not wrong at all. Kevin Durant is immensely talented, and if he's healthy, we saw they went toe to toe with the Bucks two years ago. They are very much in the race if Durant stays healthy, but The health of Durant and Kyrie worries me. I am assuming health, like my prediction. I still am assuming health. I'm I'm assuming everyone plays, but it has to be mentioned. But my biggest issue, I have them as my sixth seed. So I don't think they'll be in the play in, but you know, and it's not a bad thing because, as we mentioned, the East is very good. So I think they're a good team. I just don't think they can play defense. And I know you mentioned Simmons, but I don't think he can be trusted. Like I just don't think until he proves it, he can't be trusted. And outside of him and O'Neal, I don't think they're stopping anyone. I mean, Claxton and Dayron Sharp, I don't hate them, but going against Giannis and Embiid in the East and even Bam at times, that's going to be, you know, as Shaq would say barbecue chicken for all those teams. And I like the, I like the shooters like Harris and Seth Curry, you know, they got him in, in the Harden trade. I like I do like the TJ Warren signing as well. He's another guy though. Got to stay on the court. So I, while I like their bench offensively, and Seth Seth as well, he's a starter, but I like these guys offensively. I don't think any of them can guard anyone, really.
1: I mean, I think that's been the case since KD got there, right? They, they've right. never had a very good defensive team. It's always just been, we're going to have to score a, a ton of points and hope the other team scores less than us. Them being even moderately okay at, at defense is going to rely on, I think Claxton has to get bigger somehow. I don't know if he did. I, I didn't watch their preseason game, but I feel like he needs to put on some weight because I think he has the potential to be a good defensive center. He's just he's just a little lanky and small man, and, and he just needs a little meat on those bones. That's my my biggest opinion.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. I, I always say this. We just talked about Cleveland. The Nets throwing Jared Allen in the Harden trade was so irresponsible, and they, they, it's hurt them since. Joe, what do you think about? You know, you're you're saying you like the Nets. What do you think about what I said about the defense?
0: Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons can only guard pretty much one guy at a time, and in in a series against Milwaukee or Philly or even Cleveland, who's he guarding? You know, Mm -hmm. know, who do you put him on? Because you can put him on Harden. Well, it's just going to give Maxine and B time, and vice versa. You know, so. The only thing I think Nick Claxton did was get a haircut. I'm pretty sure (laughs) that's about the only difference I noticed with him. Yeah. Um, It looks good though, which is nice. Um, But the deep, you know, Buckman said it best. It's going to be the old, we're going to score more than anyone else. And just hope that God, that they have an off night shooting, or we just are going to, you know, Kyrie and Katie are going to average 30 a piece or something like that. Ben's going to find them and whatnot, but you brought up Seth Curry and, um, Joe Harris, who I love both of them. I think that they are great shooters who space the floor. What's right. their cross to bear? They cannot guard anybody. So, yeah. You no, know, you it's not like Cleveland where you have rim protectors that are going to impact the game or a generational defensive player like Mobley alongside Allen. You only have Simmons and you can only play Royce O'Neill so much as a forward because that's going to eat away at Simmons and Katie's time. So there's probably going to be one of the worst offensive teams. I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Nash went back to his days of an MVP in Phoenix and brings yeah. seven second yeah. offense. I mean, that would work really well in transition with Ben that would work best for him. Cause he's yeah. going to love the run in transition. Um, Katie and Kyrie, you know, they're probably going to love that as well. Being able to pull up on the break,
2: yeah, I, the nets will have their explosive nights. There's no doubt about that. It's just, can they stay healthy? And more importantly, will they be able to guard anyone? I guess we'll see. I mean, they're definitely a playoff team to me. You're higher on them than I am, but you know, they'll, they'll be heard from. I just don't think they can win a title. So moving out of that top six group, now we're getting to the play in area, you know, teams that are going to be fighting and claw into with all these other good teams in the middle here to get into the playoffs. If you guys had to pick one team from this like middle group, basically everyone left that isn't, I guess, Indiana, Charlotte, Orlando, all these other teams, I think have a good shot at the play. And who are you most excited about? I'll start with you, Joe.
0: I wouldn't say any of these teams necessarily excite me. I think it's just the best, the best remaining of the bunch. And I think I have to go with Atlanta. Okay. They practically got DeJounte Murray for seemed like nothing pretty much. Mm -hmm. And talk about a perfect compliment to Trey young, Trey young. We talked about bad defensive guards in Brooklyn. Trey young is arguably the worst defensive guard in the league. So to bring in, one of the best perimeter defenders in DeJounte Murray, a guy who also has a different skill set. DeJounte can shoot from the outside, but he thrives more as a slasher. He does a little bit of everything. He distributes, he rebounds. We know about the defense. I thought that was a great trade. The rest of the roster is weird to me. You lost Kevin Herter, who is a guy that is an instant offense type of player. We saw what he did against Philly um, back in the, Eastern semis um, about two years ago. Yep. One player that I think they need to move on from is Clint Capella. Yeah. I think that you have a blossoming star in Onyeko Kongwu, who I was very high on um, in his draft class. I thought he could have been a pick above Lamello at the time, considering Charlotte's needs. Capella, you could trade to a team and you could get a first-round pick and maybe another role player. Some team could use Clint Capella's services.
2: How about Brooklyn? Brooklyn would be dying for a Capella.
0: Brooklyn could use them tremendously, a rim protector and a lob threat. That would be perfect for the team. And you could get back a role player, get back some picks. If Brooklyn has any left, I don't know. But (laughs) Atlanta, to me, you would think making a big trade for a guy like Murray would jump up the standings. But I just think the rest of the roster, what's going to happen with John Collins? Are we going to have another season of John Collins rumors around the deadline? Is he going to take steroids again or something like that? (laughs) I forgot what exactly he took, like, like a diuretic or something. But yeah. Uh, this team is just strange to me. I, mm-hmm. looking, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I usually know rosters, but Atlanta is just a weird one to me. I don't know what they're going to do going forward.
2: Yeah, uh, Andrew, what do you think of the Hawks? I I love the Murray trade. I'll I'll touch on that in a sec here. You know, I'm I'm hopeful de- for DeAndre Hunter to take a step forward, but yeah, I agree. The co- the Collins Capella piece is something I think needs to be addressed. Andrew, how do you feel about the Hawks this season?
1: I kind of agree that. You know, Big O should should be playing more rather than just getting limited minutes on the bench. I don't know. I think they're just I don't know what what it's going to take for them to not just just be okay, But maybe maybe it's not having John Collins is fine. He can score, but
2: yeah, John Collins. I think John Collins is fine because you need that offensive force. But I would I think him or Capella needs to go one of the two. I think they should try to move on from because that's a lot of money. I agree. I, this Okonkwo situation kind of reminds me of when, when Bam was stuck behind Whiteside, and it was just kind of like you got to move on and put in the better player. You know, not that Okonkwo will be uh, as good as Bam. He, I mean, he he does have a, tr- a tremendous wingspan, so he could be a very good defensive player if he got the, the minutes. But that notwithstanding, I think he deserves to start. And the other key part of this, I think they, as I mentioned, DeAndre Hunter I think has a lot of potential. He's just got to stay healthy. But – you know, Joe mentioned the Murray and Young backcourt. I love it. I I think, like Joe said, they can now hide Trey Young a lot better defensively because Dejounte Murray is miles better uh, as de- as a defender than Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich were in that starting shooting guard role. And you know, it's kind of weird where we classify Trey Young. Like, is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? Now they're kind of both the point guard because this their shot creation, this might be the best shot creating duo in the entire NBA this year. I mean, that's how good both of these guys are as playmakers. So I think they're going to be able to get these big men, the shots they need. It's just, can they maximize the talent of these role players? One guy I'm interested interested to see is AJ Griffin, the 16th pick, because, you know, he slid in the draft with injury concerns, but a lot of people say this guy's got a tremendous offensive game. So if he's able to contribute anything as a rookie, I think maybe him and Bogdanovich off the bench could be an interesting spark plug.
0: I'm shocked. He slid. I had him as a guy that was a fringe top 10 pick for Mm -hmm. a while. Um, The another guy with injury concerns, you know, he's had some knee issues. I, I, I know, but the versatility is there. I mean, when he was at Duke, he did a little bit of everything. He was a Jack of all trades and guys that are that versatile in the college game translate well, typically. So I don't know if he's going to find minutes or not this season you also have a guy in jalen johnson as well another young guy who has not gotten any play at all like what's going to happen there so atlanta really is kind of an enigma for me at times Mm -hmm. you know they have they have the great backcourt but it's everyone else around them like i have i want more from deandre hunter he was what the fourth overall pick when when he was drafted i believe so you know, he's not bad. He's not a bad player at all. He's a, he's a great role player, but I just want a little bit more from him. And I think health obviously is a big detriment with him, but if he can just come out there and be like a 17 point per game score, shoot close to 40% from three and be a, a solid wing defender, that's all they need.
2: Yeah. I think, I think he played very well in that short playoff series against the heat. I know it's only five games, but if he can bring that offensive, uh, talent to the to the like if he can manifest that this year guys like him and AJ Griffin will be very important for this Hawks team so I think the Hawks are going to be good like like we said the East has a lot of teams I only have them as my nine seed though I think they're going to be in the play and of course but I actually do kind of like two teams ahead of them here and the main team I think is the Toronto Raptors because this team has so much size so much length they're going to be a pain defensively I think Nick Nurse has proven to be one of the best coaches in the NBA Uh, I'm a big fan of Siakam. I I like that he's going to be the center this year. I think that's going to be interesting for this team. And they can bring guys off the bench that are taller, like, uh, you know, a a Banton or a a Precious to maybe combat and bead. I think this team has a lot of flexibility because Gary Trent, maybe he starts sometimes, maybe other games he doesn't, depending on the matchup. They're deep, like Thad Young, former Sixers on here. They signed Otto Porter, who would just cut. uh, He can make the threes. He's coming off the championship. I don't know they drafted Christian Coloco. I think they have a ton of talent off this bench and their starters, you know, Scotty Barnes. He's a guy that a lot of people are pegging for another leap this year. How do you guys feel about the Raptors?
1: I think they're just there. I, I think obviously it's it just they just feel like the same team year in and year out, like that scrappy team that no one wants to play because they're going to cause you problems and give you trouble on the defensive end specifically. Um Scotty Barnes has to take a step a big step this year, I think uh, Siakam is going to be Siakam, and he's going to give you exactly what you expect out of him, which is a nice thing to have. Obviously,
2: I think the Raptors they just can play defense. Like I like even Van Vliet; he's very feisty for six two. I know he had some problems against Max in the playoffs, Joe. I mean, we we were kind of victimizing him, but at the same time, I like him uh, as the point guard. I, I I just think this team is going to compete, and I I have them as a playoff team.
0: I do as well. I flipped them before I, I started my, we started the podcast. I have them at eight behind the Hawks actually. So I've listened to some podcasts a little bit about, you know, teams that are tanking that have good prospects. What do you do with them that are already like way ahead of schedule? Why don't the Raptors just bring home Shea Gildas Alexander?
2: Ooh, interesting. They have They're, a lot of pieces to trade. They have
0: pieces. You can easily match Shay's contract. Yeah. If the Thunder are still going to be tanking and they already have a playmaker in Josh Giddy, why not just move him? I, I don't think shape is the timeline and you're, you're going to fit this idea of, Oh, we're just going to keep adding more and more draft capital. So the Raptors have been monitoring the situation. It would make sense to bring him in. He easily like, I don't, I, and that's not a knock on Van Fleet. Van Fleet is a very talented player. Don't get me wrong, but He's immediately an upgrade over Van Fley, which is saying something, I think that that elevates them to maybe six or seven with the depth that they have. Um, it, it, it would just—it's. Yeah,
2: let me interject. If they got SGA, I mean, they're probably my. How not old is five. he? Five. I I would love them. He's like As, twenty-three.
0: He's, he's pretty great. young still because he 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 was an he obviously was a freshman that was drafted and yeah. he can you know he's put he puts up counting numbers, but. You got to look at the teams that are around him and the, and the the ideology they have right now of trying to lose pretty much. So look, you put SGA on a winning team with better pieces around him. Just imagine just how good he's going to be and how good this Toronto team will be. They still have OG and Obi, great three and D wing. I'm very big on him.
2: I think he's the guy they got to move. I mean, if they were to trade for SGA, I think he should be the centerpiece in that deal because I, I he's good, but I feel like Barnes and maybe even some of these backup young versatile wings can kind of fill what he does. And he just gets hurt a lot, too. I know he's got a lot of potential as a scorer, but he's the guy I would start to think about moving off of. I know they like him a lot there, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I'm not a I think Buckman might agree with me here. What do you think about Andrew?
1: He, he just he's been the same player since he entered the league and they don't I, I They seem to like him, They but they also don't seem like they have a plan for him necessarily, at least early in his career. I know he was like in and out of the starting lineup and he never really got the respect he, de- he felt like he deserved from them. And so I don't I think it would probably benefit him and maybe maybe Toronto, too, to just move on for him. I think I do think he would be a, a great part of um, a, a potential trade for SGA.
2: My thing with the Thunder is like before the Chet injury, I thought they were right on time. And I was like, don't trade SGA. But now with Chet gone, they have no size at all to protect the rim. And they're kind of just going nowhere. They just have a ton of picks. You know, Giddy's still going to need a couple more years to pan out. It's really just SGA again. So if I was SGA, I would start to think about wanting to leave the Thunder. I agree with you, Joe. I think that's, I think that was a really good point. I
0: also just want to see a, uh, a three, four, five of Pekarsky, Holmgren, and <laughs> uh, Benyama, Just, just yeah. for the fun of it. Oh, yeah, that, that think
2: oh my lord, that's going to be your team.
0: Yeah, you, you, you thought the thin towers were tall already. Wait till you add probably one of the, one of the tallest players in NBA history who actually can play. So, right. Right. And book
2: it chet and victor would be i don't even know what i would like victor is gonna be great so like i'm not worried about him but the fit with chet would be fascinating so i wonder if we'll see that it's definitely in the in the cards especially if sga is dealt i uh, you know I, we were just talking about og he almost there's rumors he almost got traded to portland on draft night for the seventh pick but they wound up getting jeremy grant instead so i don't know it'd be interesting to see how it plays out but i'm really high on toronto So it seems like what you guys, you guys might disagree with me. I'm not really sure how I feel about this last team in this group, but the Bulls, I want to put them in the playoffs, but I'm starting to think the Hawks might be better than them. But as of currently, as I currently have it, I have the Bulls eight. What do you guys think of Chicago?
0: The Lonzo injury is bad.
2: Right. That's a big thing.
0: He's the fact that he's having trouble walking upstairs. How are you? It's, it's so sad to see because he has, I think, in my opinion, maybe one of the most underrated and underappreciated players for what he does. His pace is fits perfectly with guys like Levine and DeRozan. He doesn't need to put up shots. He's okay dishing it off. I also think that the Vucevic trade is setting them back so much farther than they expected. They did not need – because I'm assuming that when they made the move for Vucevic, they had the idea of, okay – we're going to go after DeRozan in the offseason. We're going to bring in all these pieces. You didn't need Vucevic. You don't need another guy to score the ball. You need a defender and a, a versatile big. Who's that versatile big? The guy you traded, Wendell Carter. So
2: yeah, that's a great point. He's really blossomed.
0: So I look at Chicago and I think like you know, I, I I like DeRozan. I think DeRozan's one of the my favorite players to watch just because of how crafty he is. You know, he's just such a you know footwork post work going around the mid range and just draining everything he's fun to watch but you know you're 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 taking your depth which I thought was somewhat of a strength for them and you know you're kind of having to force to come to the starting lineup now you know you had a guy in a who I liked coming off the bench he's your starter now Alex Caruso a guy who could give you spot minutes he's now probably going to be your sixth man so you know it's weird putting Chicago that low especially after the start they had this last season but you know, and I know I brought before, I'm not including injuries. If Lonzo's going to be out the whole season, then I have to mention it.
2: It's fair. I I, I go back and forth because one, Patrick Williams, I kind of liked how he played once he came back late last season. Vucevic, I like Vucevic a lot, but you're right. He is not the rim protector they need. And I don't think Andre Drummond is the answer either off the bench, but I like Io a lot, but I'd rather have Lonzo as the starter, even though I do like Io. So I'm kind of torn. What what do you think, Andrew? Are you a bull? Do you think the bulls will be good this year?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Alonzo ball fan. Um, He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. And I I think um, even defensively, he's a huge, like not having him on the floor is a huge loss for them. They have a lot of like solid talent. Um, I just don't know how that talent like fits together. Like, like Joe said, Vucevic is just like a weird piece. Like he just doesn't fit in their system. That that trade doesn't make sense and it absolutely did set them back.
2: It was weird because I didn't think that at first. Because when Voos first got to Chicago, he was still draining his threes. He looked, he was scoring like 23 a game. I understand with the Rose in there, he was getting less touches, but his three point percentage went down a lot. I think he'll bounce back this year, but it's just weird because I think this team last year had a ton of defensive potential. And even with Pat Williams coming back, you know, without Lonzo, I mean, besides Caruso. I don't love the bench. Like Kobe White feels like a guy who should have been traded for like a defensive wing because they signed Dragic. And I think Dragic will be pretty solid off the bench if he's, you know, kept his limited minutes with his age. But Kobe White seems out of place. And I think maybe that's a trade chip they work on as the season progresses. But, you know, other than that, I want to like their bench. I like the names, but I don't know if I like the fit. Other playing teams here, guys. That includes Buckman's Wizards. I guess we can maybe wrap up, start to wrap up here. We can talk about them, but also the Pistons are also in this group. Some might talk about the Knicks. I'm not a huge Knicks guy. What do you guys think of these three teams? Uh, we can obviously zero in on the Wizards here, Andrew, but what do you guys think of this group?
0: Buckman, I apologize. I made a, I made a change last night to my, um, <laughs> my standings. I initially had Washington at 10, but for some reason, I don't know why. I think that the the overpaid trio of Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Julius Randle will somehow work to get the ten seed. Obviously, Randle took a, a weird jump out of nowhere, and then of course dropped this past season. But I I just think that something's going to work with them. I I think they have some interesting pieces around them. I you know. You, you still have some young guys. I'm hoping Obi Toppin gets some more minutes. I think Evan Fournier's a veteran that plays his role extremely well. Emmanuel Quickly, I think he's a, a nice spark plug off the bench, along with guys like Miles McBride and Quinn Grimes. You made, a, you made one of the strangest signings, I think, ever, just because of the circumstances around Brunson's attachment to the Knicks. You know, maybe RJ takes another step forward. I, I was big on RJ coming out of coming out of Duke. He has improved. I think he has a lot more room to grow. But something about New York, I just feel like ha- they have to finish at 10.
2: I like Brunson. I think he had a great playoffs. I agree. Very weird obsession to get him. It doesn't really change their destiny. I don't think they're a playing team. I've got Detroit and Washington ahead of them. I don't really... Trust Randall. I don't think he's just going to bounce back. I don't think he's like that kind of player. I do like him, but not at the salary and not in the role. But Tibbs is insistent that he's God. So he's going to keep playing 38 minutes a game uh, and, you know, kind of barrel him into the ground. I like RJ a lot. I just don't know if RJ has the facilities in New York to really, you know, blossom I like some of their minor players. I love the Hartenstein signing. That's very bright of Leon Rose, but you know, if you have talented guys like Toppin and Reddish who aren't even going to be given a chance to develop when both have proven to be good offensive players and Reddish also has a lot of defensive potential. I don't know. And I'm sure Derek Rose coming back from the injury. I like Derek Rose. He was very good two years ago, but he had another injury last year. We know Tibbs is going to force, force him to play over guys like Quentin Grimes who I'm high on. I don't like where this Knicks team is going. And Andrew, I think your Wizards are probably going to be better than them this year.
1: Yeah, we're, we're, we'll be in the playoffs. Um,
2: the playoffs or the play in?
1: Well, we will get to the playoffs via the play in. Oh, okay. We're not going okay. to finish as a top eight seed. Also. Okay. Yeah. We won't finish <laughs> right. as a top eight seed, but we will end up in the playoffs. What happens in the actual playoffs? We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but, um, I think that, I think that people are so willing to overlook just the duo of KP and Bradley Beal. I understand, obviously, all the KP slander, with the injuries and stuff like that. It's all warranted. I'm not going to say it's not. I don't know if he's ever played a full season, and I don't know if he ever will. But I don't. I I think he's extremely talented, and he played so well for us at the end of the year when when he started playing for us. And I think he has the potential to be, you know, get back to that spot where he was, you know, all-star level player. I think Rui, this is Rui's make-or-break year. Um, I think he showed he's shown a lot. He he's shown he had the potential. He's a he's a fantastic defender, which I think people overlook quite a bit. Kuz is man i don't know about kuz man
2: oh i i I,
1: I know i know a lot of people like kuz but kuz frustrates me so much because he he still has those moments like generally he'll play really well um but then he'll have those moments where he he thinks he's that guy (laughs) on a team with bradley beal and kristaps porzingis you are not that guy and so hopefully he (laughs) understands that Most of the time he plays his role really well. And I think that's the product of playing with LeBron James for two or three years. I think our guard, guard depth is extremely shaky. Um, I'm still not a huge fan of Monte Morris. Um, I think Corey Kispert's going to be good, but apparently Johnny Davis's looks just terrible. So that's not great. Um, I have no idea what Denny of D is going to do. I think that's a, just one of the worst picks in franchise history We <laughs> don't use him right like the fact that we we keep we make him play small forward is so frustrating to me because he is not he can't play at his best without the ball in his hands and we're never going to do that with bradley beal um in the lineup um because bradley beal is a very ball dominant shooting guard maybe if bradley can make that play that role again of being more of an off ball guard and then he can come off the bench and run the bench, but I doubt it happens. And I'm, I'm not excited about our guard depth.
2: Yeah. I, I think Beal, I don't know what to expect from him because he had a down year last year then got hurt. You know, he, he did it. He was passing very well. He had to have a career high and assist per game last year. I like Monte Morris, but I agree with you. He's not a starter. I know he started for Denver last year, but that was because of all the injuries to Murray and others. I, it's kind of weird. I hope Johnny Davis turns out well because I did like him a lot coming out, but it's interesting to hear that he hasn't uh, been that good yet. But I think it's kind of weird overall that they don't really have a point guard. When I think they could have kind of made moves to maybe acquire one. Joe, what do you think about the uh, the Wizards going into this year?
0: Well, yeah, I hope uh, I hope Johnny Davis is uh, is good as well because he has a Taco Bell commercial already.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: So, so Johnny Davis kind of has to be good. Otherwise that was a waste. And I think um, one of the funniest draft day comparisons I ever saw was when they said that Denny of Dia was just a less, a less athletic Ben Simmons. <laughs> so take the best trade about Ben Simmons and remove it. And you have Denny of apparently looking at this roster. They're weird to me because they have a great group of actual NBA players that can contribute meaningful minutes to a championship team. Um, I don't think Bradley Beal is a number is a true number one option. I think if Bradley Beal is your number two, I think you could win it all, but I don't think that he can be the lead guard. Porzingis. I mean, Porzingis is a one-time all-star. I thought he was going to be, I mean, injuries don't help, but I thought he could have been much, much better. This team isn't going to compete. You could get a bunch of assets for Bradley Beal. Some team will overpay. Some team will give you a couple of old players and a pick for Porzingis. You get some first round picks for guys like Kuzma, Morris, Hachimura, yeah. Barton, maybe. I don't know. But look, the Wizards, just uh, they're just a weird team to me just because they have meaningful players that aren't going to contribute – aren't going to contribute enough just because I don't think the star power is there.
2: Yeah, I think it's fair to say – it's weird because I think if they keep this team together, they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to play hard. I think that the – you know, Wes Unsell Jr. showed that early last season he could kind of coach this team up to play in some good defense. It kind of faltered. But I like their personnel a little better this year on both sides of the ball. But I agree with you, Joe. It, it, what's it going towards? There's, there's no – there's no roadmap to this team as currently constructed. Buckman, as, as a Wizards fan, like, I don't even mean, I don't mean to demean you guys, but like, if you're going to ever be a championship contender in the next, I don't know, five years, do you see any of these guys, like, being an integral part of that? I think they're a long ways away.
1: Um, I mean... If this team's going to be a championship contender in five years, then Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis are going to be on the team. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any possible way that that's not the truth, unless like I don't know, Kevin Durant decides he wants to come mm-hmm. home. Yeah, which will happen by the end of his career. Just, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be like 45 and completely incompetent okay. by that time, but it'll happen at some point. I, I trust Tommy Tommy Shepard, our GM. I I think he's awesome, but. I don't know. It's just the Wizards are it's just, we just we're just a mediocre franchise and I think that's kind of the existence of of the Wizards. I don't think there's much room to break out of that. I mean, we had that one year um where we came one game from the Eastern Conference Finals and everyone thought yeah. we had a chance to to take down that Cavs team um which I don't know if is true, but I think we would have been the best match team for them, but other than that one year, I I just think that it, it our existence is is in mediocrity, and I I think that's just unfortunately where we are. And maybe that's maybe just completely starting over is what we need to do. Um, maybe getting getting rid of Brad is is what ultimately needs to happen. And I mean, I've been I won't lie, I've been pretty in favor of that in general um because i do think brad's an incredible basketball player but i don't think he is a franchise player and yeah. so treating him like one and paying him like one while i do think he deserves the money on a team as a very good second option i don't think he's a franchise player that is going to to lead you to a championship mm-hmm.
2: yeah i I don't know. Like it's it's like I already said, I like the people on your roster. It's just, you don't have the driving force to make all these role players come together and really go into something. But because of how good these role players are until any trades happen, I think you guys are a playing team. I think this is the 10 seed. I think Detroit will give a fight, but ultimately they got a lot of young guys. Like I love the the Cade and Ivy backcourt. I think trading for Bogdanovich will pay off in a year or two when Detroit is a playoff team. But outside of them, Sadiq Bay, you know, their bench has some fun guys. I like Alec Burks. He's a good three-point shooter now that he's not going to be playing point guard like Tom Thibodeau was making him last year. I don't know. Their bench, their bench has, like, interesting names, but I don't know if they're ever going to actually become a, a real good bench unit. So for that reason, I think Detroit still has a year or two to go, but I, I love what they're doing so far. I think they're putting themselves – the magic as well on a lesser degree because I don't think they can even – compete for the play-in but both of these teams I think uh, those two are in a good spot right now
1: yeah I, I just briefly I mean I think they have a lot of young talent um and that's that's it and I think they're they're doing a great job building that up but I don't see a, a path for them to be good right now because there's not I mean I wouldn't say there's those guys that are going to be like all-star level players necessarily unless Cade decides to have like a, a breakout season.
0: Look, don't sleep on a uh, buddy Bayheim according to <laughs> on the roster, which is hard to believe. Yeah. Um, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm high on Cade Cunningham. I think that when you look at his numbers, even if he didn't get rookie of the year, he was the best rookie out of everybody. The efficiency wasn't great. I think he was better. Than, I, I'm high on Mobley, but I think last season, he just was a purely did everything better than everyone else on the floor, except for maybe rim protection um, him and Ivy perfect pairing in, in a two or three years. That's going to be amazing. They have, they do have some names and you brought up Bogdanovich. I mean, you know, kind of a payoff in a few years type of thing, but I have a uh, 12 in my rankings. That's okay. not to say, I don't think that they're going to take a jump and, you know, perform much better than they did in recent years. But, you know, like we've been saying, this is a deep East, And, you know, you're a team that can still be in a position if you finish 12, you can get a a high level prospect in a pretty good draft class coming up. So Mm -hmm. I like what Detroit's doing. I think they're doing the rebuild the right way. I think give it two or three years, they're going to be a team that we're going to be talking about in that area, in that vicinity of, you know, the Hawks, Bulls, Raptors, where they're at currently. Right.
2: I agree. The East, the East is very top heavy. There's a lot of depth in the middle. Just to wrap up here, guys. If you had to pick a winner in the Eastern Conference. Who are you picking? Joe, I'll start with you.
0: Well, um, John Hollinger with The Athletic had my, my similar take that mm-hmm. the Sixers are going to finish second. And he had them going all the way, by the way. I just want to say. I saw
2: it. that. I saw that. I was very Which, happy. I don't, I don't
0: know. I don't know what to think about that, but I don't want to be biased. But I also think that if the Sixers don't win it this year, They'll never win it with this roster. Um, So I am hesitantly saying the Sixers. And I also have a hot take that I think the first game of the season, they're going to curb sound the
2: Celtics. I agree with both of those. I mean, I have to pick the Sixers. Like this is a Sixers podcast first and foremost. Will we win? I I don't know. (laughs) We've seen the last five years. I can't be like, oh yeah, we're going to kill everyone. But if this is going to happen, it has to be this year. So I'll say Sixers are gonna make win win the Eastern Conference, make the finals. Do I have any real evidence for that? Uh Not really. I mean, I like what we did, but I, I'm gonna be confident until until this starts to go really off the rails. I'm gonna be confident. Andrew, who do you got?
1: All right. I guess since we're all picking our teams,
2: <laughs> shut up. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I don't know about the Wizards.
1: Uh, no, uh, I'm just fans. kidding. Um, I man, I I don't know. I don't just just so i'm not being boring i'm not gonna pick the bucks to win um and i'm also not gonna pick the sixers to win because i do think that the sixers are gonna choke again i my pick would be the celtics um i think that they get it together i think that jason tatum doesn't disappear in the playoffs um and i think that they just i think this is their year
2: yeah i, I boston has the talent they just got to figure out all these issues they've got, but they're still in the race. If who knows, maybe Joe Missoula is, is a great coach. We, we don't know. I don't know, but they definitely have the talent. So they, they definitely shouldn't be written off, but you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can put it together. So that's going to do it for this edition of trust the podcast. Thank you guys for joining me today. Previewing the East. We'll be back next time with a Western conference preview before we go. Anything you guys want to plug?
0: Um, I don't want to plug anything. I just hope that if this podcast makes it to Raptors Reddit, I don't get death threats because of yeah. how much they hate Six the Sixers. So um I'm sorry I didn't talk a lot about Scotty Barnes, your savior. So just don't um, try not to, you know, call my yeah. house and dox. Or-
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow Trust the Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcast. Other than that, go Sixers. Have a great rest of your day. I'm excited oh. to see how this NBA season. Uh, plays out. I'm excited for the start. So thanks for listening.